0: Oh, we're back here with another episode of the Iron Man podcast, episode 87. Now, don't pay, as Wizard of Oz, don't pay attention to what happened previously about 20 <laughs> minutes ago. You didn't see anything. As a- the leftists always gaslight you to, to basically just being blind to everything you can clearly see with your own eyes, just ignore everything, you know? We're exactly joined right. here today with Frost Comics, and we'll talk about Spider-Man, Dragon Ball Z, and indie stuff later on. But I want to ask you out the gate, what made you want to get into YouTube, actually?
1: Though that was actually related to me wanting to get into comics and so Mm -hmm. with indie comics um, It's there's no shortage of people who are making comics They're especially writers uh, since I can't draw uh, and I have to get people to draw for me I am but a lowly writer and so one of the things I have to do to try to distinguish myself is to build up an audience anyhow that I can and um, That's you know social media. Uh, That's the nice thing about indie comics now We don't have gatekeepers that can really keep us out of it We just need to find an audience and my way of trying to find an audience was YouTube And I wanted to do something a little bit different with my channel so instead of just like I didn't want to be like the 1300th person that was reviewing like She-Hulk or whatever I wanted to actually Mm -hmm. do different kind of like more positive content So I wanted to review stuff that I liked um, stories that I liked and talk about why I liked it or characters that I thought were compelling and and Mm -hmm. compare them so you know, with my my biggest video was one where I compared um one of my favorite spider people, Mayday Parker and uh, and Gohan. Um mm-hmm. and so I was I wanting that. to compare mm-hmm. them. Um and, and I had a lot of fun making that it was a lot of work, but I had a lot of fun making it because I, I talked about how they're basically inverse reflections of one another, where like everything that happened in May's life with the exact opposite happened in Gohan, where you had Peter Parker wanting to keep her from becoming a superhero. And she wanted to follow in his footsteps, and then Gohan was very peaceful, and his dad wanted him to become a fighter. So they were they were actually kind of like reflections of one another in the, in the inverse, which was a lot of fun.
0: Well, there was another video you did recently. Uh, you did a reaction ish commentary yeah. video to Drunk with Crazies rant <laughs> that he did. Yeah, Mr. Crazy is an interesting fella. I'll have one yes. eventually. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's great. I was actually going to do a video reaction like that myself but as you guys know i got sick recently so no one wants to hear my dude me too i'm bane sympathetic voice. to that yeah <laughs> i'm gonna have a groggy bane voice doing a reaction <laughs> it's like probably not gonna be good but um
1: yeah this video
0: i think um he had a lot of good points that he made i mean mm-hmm. obviously i don't disagree with anything he said but the way that i would have tackled it is i think people when they get into this don't actually understand not everyone's gonna be stan lee and everyone yeah. I, ta- I i have on here the day they hear that and they go well what yeah, not everything someone does is gonna hit gold or silver mm-hmm. or diamonds or whatever, you know? Right. Like you mentioned before, that 1300th person. Yeah, you could have been that 1300th person that hit big, but you should also be that 1300 person who just is just the average guy who just yeah. does YouTube, you know? I think people need to understand it doesn't really matter if you're making a comic book in the ideal sense that there's no real reason for it to become the next big theme. That might be yeah. harsh for some people to hear, but I feel like it needs to be said. Not every yeah. YouTube video you're gonna do is gonna pop. Not every Twitch stream you're going to have is going to get, like, 100 viewers. It's just how it works, though. But yep. people just don't understand that. And I find that very odd we're in this space because not everything the mainstream had ever did ever popped off. There's one-off characters and comic books you never even heard of anymore, you know, because they it's just true. stopped doing them, you know? So yep. I don't know if you feel the same, but that was my biggest sentiment around this whole thing because he was talking about creators having drama with each other. And I find that ultra cringe, too, because it drama is. isn't even – not even interesting it's like dude that's what you complain about i hate to see how you act in your personal life because if that triggers you (laughs) good lord you might be a snowflake
1: (laughs) yeah recently i've seen so many like so what spawned a lot of the conversation and -hmm. i think this was the case with with uh, royce as well that's Mm -hmm. crazy um because so i um i'll rewind it a little bit so Mm -hmm. back two years ago i had someone uh who was like he didn't open not really a casting call, but he was asking for writers to write comic Uh books for him. And I, I was like, well, shit, this is my chance. You know, I'm I'll write a, I'll write a script for this guy and see if he wants me to, and he loved the script. And um, I I was like, great. You know, this means I might have a chance at writing comic books. And so over the course of a year, I'm waiting for this guy to, to do something, to make a move, to start publishing. Nothing happens. And I got my, my writing bug going again. I wanted to write and, and it was like, I'll, you know, I'll just try and do it myself. But, um, as I got to know this person, um, I, he had, uh, I had, I had, I had made friends over the years on Twitter that were in like the comic sphere. And, um, and I, they were still people that I talked to and I was like, I was going to offer these people as contacts and say, Hey, maybe they can help you and network yeah. and everything. And I get to know him and he has pissed off every single person that <laughs> I'm friends with. And I'm just like, yeah. And I'm just like, what, how these are the nicest people? How in the world do you have beef with them? But he did, and and so, like, I've seen so many people that have made enemies on like the stupidest things, and then, like, roy said, that's you've cut off half of your marketing, you've got people who will not promote you and they won't talk about you, and now you've yeah. made enemies for what, like, for what reason? Um, and I've seen so much of that that it, it blows me away, and I've seen a lot of um those same people that have a lot of bitterness against. Um, YouTubers because they feel like they, you know, and I understand it. Like, like I tried to convey in my comment, I I get why they're frustrated because (laughs) they they are offering an alternative and you have, you know, like I said, the 1300 people that are talking about She-Hulk and everyone's talking about, oh, we need alternatives, but -hmm. they don't talk about the alternatives because the alternatives kill your metrics on YouTube or on Mm -hmm. Rumble. On anything because Mm -hmm. like i like i pointed out with my own video the video i had that had a lot of success um and um it was a lot of work again but it had success because i was talking about spider girl spider-man goku and gohan those are people that are popular their intellectual properties Mm are mainstream so that gets a lot of attention so the you know if you i've done videos i made a video i interviewed someone on my channel to help promote his his comic book Mm -hmm. and um after we did the stream, which had like no viewers, um, we tried, but I have a small channel. Uh, I took like uh, clips from it and I put together like a 10 minute video that was just highlighting you know what his comic book is about. It's gotten like 30 views, you know 34, 40 views or whatever. not a lot. but you know by comparison to eight you know, eight thousand, or a video that has 200, where I'm not doing anything related to content. And a lot of people don't understand that it's 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 not easy to do a channel that just talks about independent stuff. And see success because most people aren't going to YouTube or anywhere mm-hmm. else typing indie comic title, you know, and searching for it, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So, what and that's, you know, like I like I posed in the the comment, like, so what's the solution? I don't know. Um, it, you know, maybe it's a doing some sort of marriage of the two, but I don't know what it is yet. But getting mad at people, like Roy said, getting mad at people and starting shit over it, it's not going to help you get any. Yeah. In.
0: So, two things that you brought up that we'll go over, which is. That whole big thing about the big YouTuber, the U- YouTuber, Scott, that's a YouTube thing, big YouTubers, which yeah. is a lot of people feel like they're entitled for them to talk to you when it's not really the reality case. They're a content creator just like you, and yeah. they have every right to not have you on their platform if they Absolutely. choose so, right? Absolutely. Then what I also levied at a lot of people on Twitter is how would you feel if someone only liked you and only wanted to come on your channel just because you, you had a big audience? They don't like exactly. you as a person. Exactly. They just want to use you for clout no one would feel good about that. Cause that's, that feels really shitty actually. Yeah. You know, Yeah, a lot, I'm not trying to be mean here, but a lot of the guys, the way they say this makes you sound kind of sound like a cloud chaser and no one wants to deal with that. You know, that's exactly. because right. you're not a genuine supporter. They promote you. What's to stop you from starting drama with them after you got their supporters to put their money on your book. You know, exactly. there's too much yeah. risk there. And I think people need to understand doing this kind of, content itself, you're you're mm-hmm. going to have to start from scratch. You know, I started from scratch. I, Absolutely. I've since 2015, October, you know? Absolutely. I had to restart because I lost my other YouTube channel. But, mm-hmm. you know, you have setbacks. And I told people, when yep. you, you build an audience, it takes time. Like, yeah, not get mad at me when I say that, but I'm like, hey, you're not going to strike gold. I'm sorry. You're going to have no. to be here sometimes over hours, sometimes doing these one-on-one shows that get very little people watching initially. But mm-hmm. you know that if you produced a good video, that should matter way more, you know? Yeah. Everyone is so... They're also number-based, you know? Yeah. And I, I get it. The numbers are always super impressive. But when you're looking at everything from a numbers point of view, that means – that tells me you don't, you're not even caring if you produce a good video at all. I've seen many videos with lower views that are produced mm. very good, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, don't, yeah. I, I don't get this mindset of this has a lot of views, so it's a better video just by default. Like that would make it that, – that, that goes into the movie argument of just because a movie made a billion dollars doesn't make it good. So exactly. why does that apply for content creation, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I feel like they they take they play the numbers and the ways that they shouldn't and then they they disregard mm-hmm. people in the ways that they shouldn't like they they want to forget that there's a very personal aspect to this and you're not mm-hmm. just like, like you said, if. You know, if you go to, I don't know, like pick critical drinker, he's got a huge channel, right? And like, if I was uh, trying to get my movie or something or get him to talk about it, like if I'm just going to him just because he's critical drinker and he has 1.8 million subscribers, Mm -hmm. then all I'm really doing is just asking him to give me something for free. I'm not, I'm not paying him. I'm not offering something to him in exchange. I'm not doing Mm -hmm. anything for him. I just have this expectation. You built this platform up with your hard work. Now give it to me. Mm -hmm. He has no obligation to do that. If Mm -hmm. someone has a large platform and they want to give it to you, that's awesome. But there's Mm -hmm. no obligation to do it because, you know, Critical Drinker didn't build his channel by talking about um, independent comics or independent cinema or whatever. He built it up by doing a bit about being drunk and drinking (laughs) turpentine and Tatiana the Stripper and doing jokes about movies like that's Mm -hmm. That's his bit. And he's got one point eight million subscribers for that. So why am I going to walk into his living room and I'm just going to spit in his face and say, you owe that platform to me now? No, he doesn't. He really Mm -hmm. doesn't. And if he volunteers it to me, awesome. And if he doesn't, I understand. I yeah. need to build my own platform. When a, I've had bigger gets on, and I always
0: make sure to thank him. Hey, you don't have to do this, but thank you so much. But it feels like these people are just so entitled. And it's like, you yes. you know, you're not you're entitled to their viewers. And, and this thing, you know they're only there because they have a big audience. You're not yeah. there genuinely. You don't like that person. There's no right. way. All you talk about is their audience, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, that's why yeah. I like to... You know, I I'm small, but like um, when I, I have people who hey like, hey, you want to come on a stream and I will I will happily go on a stream with them just because it will be fun or I like mm-hmm. the person or whatever. And I might not get any benefit from it, but I don't care, you know, because part of the right. benefit, like a lot of people forget, like even if they want to be as attached as possible, part of the benefit sometimes is just making um, good networking buddies and and people who mm-hmm. can give you advice or can like, oh, edit stuff for you or give you feedback about like your scripts or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like there are people who can do stuff for you beyond like raw numbers and they can help you in ways that you may not even know. Like, it, mm-hmm. and people just discount that and they just look at numbers. They forget the, the personal aspect and how people can help each other just in small ways. That makes yeah. a big difference.
0: When, I I had to firmly put this in to my mind where it's like, I told people this, I might not be the biggest guy around, but you will have access to people that, don't know you. So I'd I wish you might gain like five subs, five yeah. followers. That's not bad. you got, you came no. out something, and we have a connection and we network together and you follow us. And if you have a big, bigger X or Instagram following to me, you retweet my stuff. People come join. I think what, what you're mentioning is people are only looking at one aspect and they're forgetting there's other things that are going to play out way better than just an upfront view number. On yes. your thing. You know, That's absolutely true. There's another, another yeah. guy out there. Great guy. I had on Brett Turner. He was feeling down. Uh, a few days ago about his campaign not hitting certain goals, potentially.
1: Yeah. Was that him, hey, uh, man, vigil- uh vigilante it's tree. His tree? Yeah. Yeah, that looks great. I, man. Yeah, it looks great. I, I did back that,
0: yeah. actually. Looks yeah, great. Too. Can't wait to get that. And I told him, hey, man, this is just how it is sometimes, you know? Yeah. Like, and people always say, but I, I worked hard. A lot of other people work hard, too. Everyone <laughs> yes. in the, like, there are, there are people out there in the world who do 12-hour shifts. Everyone yeah. theoretically works hard. Yes. You know, just because you work hard doesn't mean that, it's going to pan out better for you because you worked hard. Sometimes yeah. you put in the effort, it pays off. And sometimes you put an effort and you get break even results.
1: Yeah. That's how it is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So the best you can really do is, is if you didn't get the result you wanted, is just try and figure out why and, you know, turn that into a learning experience and try to you mm-hmm. know, move forward with it. And um, it's, I mean, it's, I'm not saying like, because I, I, I saw a lot of his posts too, um, Turner's about, it wasn't where you wanted it to be, and how he was stressed out by it, and everything. And I, I'm fully sympathetic to that, and I mm-hmm. know that it sucks when you campaign and and you get nothing because I've seen it happen to a couple of friends of mine now that have been you know, they've they've, they've gone hard and from they, yeah they they well they got like they had a goal of five thousand they got like a you know thousand maybe or fourteen hundred mm-hmm. and so they're they're not you know it's not happening they had you know the campaign closed and they're going to have to go back to the drawing board, and that sucks. But like you know I've got you know in those cases where those those friends had that happen. Um, I'm happy to say that they've said, okay, well, how do I retackle this? And one mm-hmm. guy, he was like, all right, so I am ha- having trouble getting issue two going. I'll relaunch issue one. I'll do it as a second chance. I'll use any of the money because the it's already printed. So anyone who buys it, I'll just take that money and I'll put it towards issue two so I can lower the goal overall. So that ne- mm-hmm. the next time that I run a campaign, it'll be a lower goal. And it'll make it more attainable. You know, so that's a way that you can take something as a negative, and you can make it into a positive, and find saying, ways to keep make it a smaller, it.
0: achievable goal. That way, it doesn't exactly. feel like it's a big task to overcome. Yeah, I like the idea. Yep. I also yep. feel that that works too. Mm-hmm. And another thing I don't really see people doing a lot that I would hate for them to start getting into as a habit is, like, I don't know. It's uh, it's hard to really say. It's like, um, let's use let's use it from this angle. I think people from this kind of space. They hmm. act a little hypocritical on certain things. Like if the main, if you say the mainstream people cannot take criticism and they do all these heinous <laughs> things to get rid of people, which is true. I've had people on that completely verify the information. Yep. They can get rid of you. They don't, yep. let, if they think you do too many bad reviews and their stuff. Yep. We have creators here that can't take criticism. That yes, completely just do. shun people out.
1: Yes, we do. And
0: call them the worst things ever. Is that not hypocritical? I thought this was supposed <laughs> to be different from that. I thought this was supposed to be different <laughs> from them. We're supposed to be not them. This is a whole different thing. You know, that's why I don't want people falling into those traps. You know, becoming the very thing that you swore to destroy. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> Staring too long into the abyss, huh? Yeah, yeah. I I know you're completely right, though. I mean, and I get it. Like, I I mm-hmm. recently had mm-hmm. someone who I will I'll I'll say i uh, I consider a friend. Um, and he looked at one of my scripts. He ripped it apart, and I mean, mm-hmm. like it was like. I was like, oh, it feels bad. Oh, it hurts my heart. But like at the end of the day, I I was looking at it and I'm thinking, you know, this is all really great feedback, though. This is all stuff that if I I apply it, um, I can either make improvements or I can look at this and see what his point was. And I can still use this in a way that is will help me as a writer. Mm -hmm. So like. I I don't know. It's really important to be able to take criticism if it comes from the right place. Like that's part of recognizing, yes, some some people are just dicks. Like, I mean, you know, some people really just hate you and they will they will look at every opportunity and they will try to, you know, um, ruin your day or whatever. But there are are a lot of people out there who are just being honest They're just giving their feedback and just take it graciously, use it to improve. And if you can't, then discard it. So. But people are a, very difficult to do that. There was another
0: one where a person was like, man, I like their stuff, but they, but they didn't like mine. It's like, that's how that works. <laughs> that's happened sometimes. Their, yeah, people have their biases and opinions and how they yeah. like storytelling. That's yeah, that's it. That yeah. that's I mean, they hate you. <laughs> you know, like, where do you yeah. draw these conclusions at? I like, think this is the same people that criticize leftists for doing that. It's like, man, they came in calling me an instaphobe over just something that isn't even that bad. <laughs> it's like,
1: you're doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? it's it's weird because it's like it gets into this Mm -hmm. uh, i feel like indie comics is does this a lot where they get into Mm -hmm. this this um this circle jerk where it's like they expect that well, I backed your book. So you back my book and then we'll back this guy's book. So he'll back our books. And it's like, well, Mm -hmm. the idea is that you're supposed to back it if that you want to read it or you think that or you believe in Mm -hmm. it or whatever. You're not just supposed to back it because, you know, someone you back theirs. And so it's a quid pro quo. It's not really supposed to be that way. And I, I mean, I'm the first person that I I will back books of friends because i want to help them succeed but mm-hmm. if they don't back like out of obscurity um or if they don't back like whatever i do next i don't care that's fine like i've still considered them a friend and i still liked their book and i still want to help them succeed i'm not going to hold it against them it's not like an obligation ticket that i'm going to mm-hmm. cash in at some point because that's 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 a shitty thing to do to people
0: <laughs> any other bigger concern you've seen with that type of community recently because i really feel like recently this drama just keep getting bigger and bigger i, I yeah shit you about, man one time there's gonna be a stream someone's gonna hold, and it's all gonna blow up i i've been through this yeah. enough i know how it now, you out.
1: get the right people on and you definitely would have some combustible almost <laughs> making that happen that's for sure yeah um i know it's you know it's there's there's we're very i mean uh, we want to pretend that we're above it I, I mean i you know some of us do not everybody right not yeah. all not all but we, we in general um since the indie comics is very right-leaning right now on mm-hmm. account of right-leaning people being purged out of mainstream comics. Mm-hmm. Um So since we're so right-leaning, we want to pretend that we're better than that, but in a lot of ways we're not. We we purity spiral and we echo chamber and we do a lot of the same stuff. And I mean, mm-hmm. we had out of obscurity, um that whole anthology book came about because someone um, put me and a bunch of other people into a, a group chat. And he wanted us to just kiss his ass and tell him how great his work was. And a lot of people were very critical of it and said, you know, you're, it's not very good. The, the art isn't very good. The writing is subpar. The lettering doesn't look great. You know, you really need to take this back to the, to step one and start over. He lost it and blew up. And, um, we laughed about it for a little bit, but then we decided, hey, let's do something positive, And we made a comic book. And now we have Out of Obscurity. And um, if that person hadn't uh, thrown a fit, then I never would have gotten a writing credit with Aero Comics. So I appreciate it. But um, <laughs> it was a little ridiculous that that's how that whole thing started. So there's lots of people that are like that, that, you know, even if they're on this side, they, they really want you to just tell them how great they are and, and support their stuff without really, you know, looking mm-hmm. at it, without being critical.
0: It sounds like they don't even want genuine supporters. If you need genuine supporters, they're going to be there for a while that back your stuff. Even if they just like you as a person, you need that person. Yeah. You
1: people can like you and they can, and they can be really harsh with your work. But if they like you, it's because they want you to do better with your work. And Mm -hmm. um, like those people that he thought were being too harsh, I've, I've worked with them now and they are not too harsh. They're very, professional and they're very cordial and they're very welcoming people everyone that i've worked with in comics has been incredibly welcoming to me um and Mm -hmm. i think part of that is just because i'm not throwing a fit they've also been very they've been very cool people and they've Mm -hmm. been very willing to teach and share their knowledge and as long as you accept like um people's help or just accept you know approach it with humility Mm -hmm. then generally people are going to be pretty cool to you in my experience it's just this when you get an attitude with people or you have this this Expectation, this entitlement—that's where it starts to rub people the wrong way, and that's where people start not wanting to help because they have bad experiences with other people, and they think, "Well, you know, maybe this guy's going to be the same way, and it's just going to be a waste of my time." So that's how Frost Comics came. You were well, Frost Comics was me. Um, Frost Comics is my my brand, right? I don't <laughs> have a, any comics. Yet uh, I'm working on one, but it's uh, Frost Comics is um, actually my my grandfather's surname is Frost. So it's my way <laughs> of honoring my grandfather. And uh, I, I wanted to start up comics um, and start doing my own thing after the uh, the person who originally brought me in to write scripts ended up kind of dragging his feet and I wanted to write. I figured, well, you know, what the hell? I'll start up my own comic brand and I'll start doing my own comics and I'll see if, well, you know, I'll explore crowdfunding or digital distribution. I'll see what I want to do. And started writing and putting together concept art. And I'm working on a, a couple of stories that are like just, you know, my own thing. And then on, on the side, I uh, I ran into all these people who put together Out of Obscurity. And uh, the, out of, the gimmick with Out of Obscurity that we did was um, we wanted to do public domain characters. So we took characters that had fallen out of, um, copyright and they had fallen into public domain. So we all take different ones and we have like Korok the son of Tarzan and uh, <laughs> the original Ghost Rider um, Rex fury and we've got a, a short story that was made into like kind of a manga that's in black and white uh, Some really cool stuff in there. And so I like superheroes and I like comedy. So I figured I'd take super guy who was uh, super guy was um, he was one of the characters from Charlton Press that DC bought Charlton press, mm-hmm. but they looked at super guy and they, because that was, like, was like blue beetle and all those characters. Right. Mm-hmm. But they look at super guy and they're like, well, we already own Superman. So like, there's mm-hmm. really no point in super guy. So they just didn't, they didn't buy him. So they just left him. So Charlton press goes out of business. DC doesn't buy super guy. Super Guy goes into public domain. His one comic book, his one comic book was in 1967, I think. Holy crap! Uh, yeah, it was, it was a Charlton premiere three was his mm-hmm. debut comic. And, um, and I thought, you know, what would be what would be funny is if like I, I just said it's actually been 50 years <laughs> instead mm-hmm. of doing like a sliding timeline. Let's say that he's like 30 years old. So now he's like 85. So he's like an 85 year old superhero and he just wants to go and he just wants to do senior citizen discount day because he wants to save money. So he goes shopping and the, the grocery store gets robbed and shenanigans ensue. So that I, you know, actually
0: pretty cool. I like that idea. Yeah, thank you, okay. thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I had a lot of fun writing it, and it's been, um, it's been very well received so far by everybody that's uh, seen it. So I'm hoping, um, people will like it when they get out of obscurity and give me a reason to do more Super Guy books because I had a lot of fun. Because I saw the character in your background, I was like, hmm, that. <laughs> Seems
0: like a uh, Article <laughs> boy, and mermaid man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. A cartoon version
1: of Mermaid Man. He's just old and female and he just wants to
0: do old guy
1: stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so all of my, like, I have all the ideas I have are like, just, uh, it's kind of like taking One Punch Man and mm-hmm. Mr. Magoo and uh, the Tick and slapping it all together. And, and that's kind of how you got Super Guy. I want to do like everything that he does is just really mundane and he just saves the day just out of inconvenience because he just wants to go about doing something else. So like, you know, and I want to do a lot of parodies. So I want to do another one where it's like super guy returns, like Superman returns, but it's just him (laughs) returning something to the store. Like that's the whole issue. Right. So stuff like that. And like, I, I, another one I wanted to do is like Superman four. So it's super guy, the quest for peas. And he's just trying to get peas at the grocery store. Right. So like, that's my whole, that's the highest. That's super guy. So that's the idea. idea You're
0: it. taking yeah. popular concepts and parroting them, so it exactly. has like some name recognition where people just cl- click in their brain. Oh, I like that. Interesting. I think that's what I think, what we're, I think that, that's what the community is missing. Everyone's doing like, everyone's basically trying to be the next Spawn Yeah, and it's I'm you like. know,
1: <laughs> dark and
0: gritty. Yeah. No, we need some fun romance novels, something yeah. like that. You know, so stuff like this is cool. It's another idea that's not what's currently going on. Right. You know? Right. Gonna be yeah. having sex at his old age.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe. I guess it depends on how pretty um... sure his back can not handle that. <laughs> Just, I uh, guess it depends on, on how much of a demand there is for a mm-hmm. super guy beefcake. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he can barely put his socks on in the morning, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Holy
0: crap! <sighs> uh, but yeah, I saw your uh, out of scurity uh campaign on Fun My Comic, and you guys did very well.
1: Yeah, actually. yeah, we actually. So we we are finished it up technically the first time we finished it at the end of August, and um, we had we ended up with forty nine backers and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, three of the cards didn't uh, authorize or something like that. There was some issue. So he fell back down to 46. But then we had a couple of people who reached out and they said, hey, I really wanted to get my book or I missed the campaign. So um, we reopened it through September. After about halfway through September, we had a couple of weeks off and then yeah. we reopened it. We got back up to 50, which is nice. And um, yeah, we got a nice, uh, just a nice big number. And the, the cool thing about the, the campaign, like the whole book is really just about Advertising us as artists and writers and everything. So we're not making any money from the campaign All of the money goes to printing books So all the books uh, that print get you know fulfilled and then any of the money that was left over uh, Is just going to be used to print books that we will take That we can sell at conventions or comic book stores or autograph or do stuff like that That is a writing credit for us that we can say hey, I wrote a comic and we can show people
0: Yeah, I think what what else is going to align in with um Out of Obscurity? Like, are you guys going to have a website? You can just sell the book through just...
1: Well, I, I've i heard... So it's through Arrow Comics. And normally there's, there is arrowcomics.store where you can get all their stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, hybrids and Chrome Dogs going to be coming there and a bunch of other things mm-hmm. like The Fool. Um, I've heard that Out of Obscurity is just one and done and that's it for the campaign. But... Mm -hmm. um they do want to do regular out of obscurity anthologies so while this might be the first volume they do want to do a volume Mm -hmm. two and a volume three they've been trying to figure out the timing for it like i don't know if they're going to try to do it annually i -hmm. think they want to try to do it annually but it will depend on how things shake out because Mm -hmm. uh so luke stone is um uh, an aero comics guy but he's also the fun My like, comics guy so mm-hmm. he's you know his, to- his time is kind of balanced between the two and also he draws so like he's trying to do a <laughs> lot of different things at the same time so right, yeah he's too got much. a couple different plates <laughs> and he's spinning them all at the same time Mr. while he's Luke, trying to draw writer artist yeah owner, well, he's a bit Oscar. of a renaissance man you might say yeah uh, god
0: <laughs> I'm gonna have him on very soon too. He was busy. He said he went to the Florida something in Florida. Yeah, he was actually. at a convention. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's at a
1: couple of conventions. He's been doing the tour. Yeah, I can't
0: wait to talk to him because I I really liked his idea of him making fun like comic the website mm-hmm. and having people just come here strictly for that. You know, because IndieGoGo yes. and Kickstarter they they're not just strictly for that, obviously, and they shadow ban sometimes and mm-hmm. things can be really shady over there potentially given who you are. So yes. him making this website just gives more ammunition to people that I think it's good because I think I the scene needs other alternatives like that. That's an alternative that people needed. You I know, mean, I think Absolutely. there needs to be another alternative, like the media portion of it. The media portion of it is really lacking. I think there's Iron Age media out there that does, does it actually, and a few others, but yeah, we need more media coverage on this stuff, you know? Yep. And gosh, there's so many more things we potentially need, especially supermarkets selling this stuff. There was a comic book shop that just sold this kind of stuff in any comics. How do, how do you think that that would go? That was an idea I had earlier today.
1: It's really hard to say because there's mm-hmm. such a right now local comic book shops are they're so I don't know. They're they're not endangered, but like a lot of them are having difficulty because mm-hmm. and, and not and it's not really I I mean, I don't even want to blame Marvel or DC because it's not mm-hmm. necessarily them it's the way that diamonds distribution has done a lot of the stuff with the the comic book shops, because having like, if you want like these variants, you have to buy this many copies. No one's going to buy that many copies or they, you know, they have, you have to buy this many copies of this new, um, uh, Captain Marvel relaunch that no one bought the last relaunch or the relaunch before that. And no one's going to buy this one, but you have to buy this many copies if you want to get this variant that you know somebody will want to buy. So a lot of the distribution methods have really hurt the 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 local comic book stores. So I would I would like to think that if they were in a better situation with better distribution, I would like to think that they would thrive. But the problem would be Is there an audience for indie comics and I think there is an there is an audience for indie comics But I think the biggest obstacle in the way of indie comics right now is frequency of publication because like if you look at someone doing like for me like um Because I like I said before i'm I'm just a writer, right? So I have to write the script then I have to pay the artist and the letterer and the colorist and I have to do that Mm -hmm. so for me even if I could do a really quick turnaround with scripts and then art and all that stuff um, I could maybe do, you know um, something every couple of months. Um, It would have to be like a big success for me to justify the expense of doing it myself. So there's a lot of cogs that have to be, really well greased and, you know, spinning together at the same time in indie comics that all of that is taken care of by the big two or image or whoever else where they take care because they, they have the apparatus. They built the apparatus over decades and in wow. indie comics, they don't have the apparatus. They have freedom and independence, but that means that you have to figure out how to get everything. Lined yeah, up interesting. The, right way. Yeah.
0: the, the way that we have new comic books on the shelves mm-hmm. every single week is yep. The way that people forget is there's is a lot that happened between how to get that book to the shelf and how yes. it was actually made yes. nice. there's a lot of a into lot it. I I really didn't know the scope of this until many years ago I was like wait you need a letterer an inker yeah a colorist yeah. A, sock, a writer yeah, a yeah. Of gotta get paid yes. Bruh, what are we doing here yeah <laughs> right damn. and that's the that's the issue the mainstream has the issue it's more of a benefit they have because they have all those mm. connections they can get the books done Pay people paying people is uh, very suspect. Let's be honest. They,
1: <laughs> yes, they may yes. or may
0: not pay you, but they
1: might pay you. Why yeah, not?
0: just six months when you're living on your car, they might give you your bank, your your paycheck, but yeah,
1: maybe they have yeah, everything
0: so it. done to the point where it's like you just go to the comic shop and you just order it, actually. Yeah.
1: And it's such a it's such a big like if you you know, like if you ever worked for a corporation, like a big company, they if anyone that has like an HR department, you know, mm-hmm. if you ever if you lose your job there does it affect them no because they can just bring in somebody else right so like if you look at marvel and dc they don't have to hire anyone unless they want to because why would they they already have um they already have people who will draw at a fraction of what they're worth just because they want to draw for marvel or dc they have writers who will churn out garbage scripts but they'll give them the work because they know the right person or because they're willing to just do it for this much because they want to have the respect of their peers. So they'll write for Marvel and DC. So they have all these, these, these cogs in the machine. And as soon as they need to take one out, they just take that cog out and put another one in and the machine keeps turning. So they don't care. And they use your
0: emotional attachment to these characters. Oh yeah. I guarantee you the editors going up here. Like the writers are probably like, man, I should I, I need a raise. I, I can't take care of my kids. My wife's bitching at me. Kids are <laughs> shitting and no diapers you can pay for. But remember, you love writing for Spider-Man. You love writing Spider-Man. I guarantee they do that. People don't mm-hmm. gonna that. I guarantee you they use your emotional attachment to these characters to Absolutely. get you to work for lower wages than what you're worth. You know? Absolutely. And you know what's the big reason why I don't think conflicts sell a lot? Name value, like you mentioned earlier you mm-hmm. know if i don't know if you're, if you're into sports or anything but you know how like there's big names that attract you to watching a sports team yes like tom brady lebron james yep. Kobe Bryant, shaquille o'neal they don't have that in complex as much anymore you know there's on like, purpose mark, yeah mark miller's not doing it jeff john's not doing it Ethan van skyver obviously is not doing it uh yeah. mike baron legendary punisher runs there he's not working it's like you have all these like backup string people as your main guys yeah. but none of these guys have the pull that these Other better guys have, you know, these kind of guys they have now were like the second string guy to the guy that we know is better, you know? But they only kind of got the job because the other better guy left and they're just like, my my time to shine, right? (laughs) They
1: they really wanted, because if you think back to when Image was founded Uh and um, McFarlane and all those people, they had built up a name. By creating right. um, Venom and Deadpool and all these amazing characters that uh, you know caught on in the mainstream, so then then you had them, you had the Jim Lees and all these people, and they were a big deal. So they want, they decided, hey, I'm, I'm Todd McFarlane, you know, I I made Venom or whatever, mm-hmm. so I deserve a bigger raise. And Marvel says, no, you don't. So he says, well, screw you. He goes, <laughs> he makes Image Comics and he makes Spawn and he makes a killing, right? So mm-hmm. Marvel and DC. They don't want that to happen again because they don't want to pay the people for for becoming a name, so they keep them from becoming a name, so they keep everybody on, like, Zeb Wells or whoever is writing Spider-Man, who is he? Who the hell is that? No one knows, except like super diehard people, right? So he doesn't get paid what someone that may have gotten paid back during that era would have. So, like, they right. keep everybody on, you know, under their thumb, really. And so no one no one is really exceptional. It's all about it's all about the character and not the writer and not the artist and not anyone like that. Mm-hmm. But it's by design. Yeah, there's no reason why Tom McFarlane should not be having books come out from
0: Marvel and DC, given his yeah. status, given how good he's made a lot of the characters, storylines he's created. Like John Hickman, not working. Mm-hmm. I mean, today they announced that John Hickman, famous writer for X-Men, is going to be doing another new run on a Marvel's Ultimate Universe. But I don't know That Marvel's Ultimate Universe is not very light at all. No.
1: No, I ultimatum and I thought it died for good and it should stay It should have,
0: but you know, <laughs> that's just how these things work. And you have like these people on Twitter where there's that one he, she, weirdo with like superheroes have always kind of been a queer thing. It's like, all right, oh, so I saw that, yeah, yeah, I think I so saw you cringe, about it it blew man. Me away, god, yeah, uh, it's people who only see things through sex, and it's like, are, well,
1: these are the same people who like they cannot see a, a brotherhood a, a friendship between men without saying this is clearly homosexual. Mm-hmm. Like how sad is your life that you never had a brother that, or mm-hmm. like someone you, like, even if they weren't a brother, you never had somebody that, you know, you could, you know, give a bro hug to that you knew mm-hmm. was there for you that had your back. That's, you know, that, that male bond, like you never, you never experienced that. That's like, that's the saddest thing in the world that you've told me about yourself without even telling me about it. You know, that's like, Man, I feel bad for those people. Like everything. Yeah, also, to them is bad
0: is the DC's hiring these people to write on their stuff. Yeah, I know. That's the worst yeah. part. It's like That's and horrible. people are gonna wonder why the sales are down. It's like you're doing it to yourself. There's a reason yeah. why they don't show the sales numbers because they're probably really, really bad. Remember, they haven't shown cell numbers in a while. They, they yeah. must be so bad to the point they were like, nah, I'm good.
1: <laughs> we lost to a 30-year-old um recollection of dragon ball oh god <laughs> remember i've seen a
0: story recently vault comics they had a new issue number one come out for one of their sci-fi fantasy series it sold mm. like 137,000 copies. Woo! yeah it did really well and no mainstream media really talked about it except no of Hollywood reporter so. but it's like hello reporter is is interesting let's say that they're yeah. one of the media outlets of all time let's just say that actually <laughs> It's, it's one of those one things of where new comic books like that can come out so really well and mm. you're like if a new thing can come out like that and sell really well that means people want something a little bit more newer in their books like yeah. batman the man who laughs sold very well yeah so it's not like they can't create new stuff not like they can't create anything better it's just they're just content with running this new dawn of dc line which is another reboot after a reboot you know mm-hmm. new 52 rebirth Reaper's was supposed to be like the last thing, but no, now we have Dawn of DC because of Dark Crisis or some shit. Oh my God, if you try to explain this to people, they would go insane. <laughs> I tried to explain this to a girl. She was yeah. like, how do I get into fucking Batman, if you gave me an example? Talked to her for like 20 minutes. She was like, what did you say? I was like, yep. <laughs> Manga. Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball Volume 1. Start there. Volume there 1. There That's you how you go. go. That's how you start. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think uh I don't I don't mind the idea of a reboot holistically if you think things are going really bad, but let that be just kind of like the one-time thing. Yeah DC's had like three reboots ever since 2012, people.
1: In <laughs> yeah. 2013.
0: That's a lot, that's a lot of duos a lot of
1: reboots, man.
0: Yeah. Like a lot. They made and nobody 2, they made some decent stories out of that. Some some sure, decent yeah. ones. You know, Court of Owls. I think it's great. It's amazing, yeah. honestly. I like the um I like the death. In the family, that's the other family storyline from Batman. Yeah. There's all the ones that I liked too. The Flashpoint one comes out of that storyline too. Probably they treat the Flash movie like straight shit. <laughs> this killed me inside. Straight up, this killed me inside, man. Good Lord. They wasted an entire watched. great story on that. Movie yeah. was delayed multiple times and that's what we got. Oh yeah. my God. But <laughs> was... Marvel, like Marvel doesn't even understand their audience. Do you know, because I go on League of Comics, and they show me the new comics coming out weekly. You can look yeah. like three weeks in advance to see like what's coming out. They even have it so good on their website where people kind of feel like they can't get into a new series. They have it where if you click on a book, you'll see the entire series from where it started, like issue number one. And I was like, hmm. it's a great website. Let me go and look in here. I've been doing it for a while at this point. Kurt Wagner, who doesn't know what that is, he's Nightcrawler. He's Spider-Man now. He's what? an uncanny Spider-Man. Yeah, Kurt Wagner is Nightcrawler. As everyone knows, he's Spider-Man. I don't huh. know. I, I don't know.
1: And they're okay. releasing
0: Astonishing Iceman, number two. Fucking Iceman's getting dicked down by a dude, and it's like, yeah, it's clearly what I want to go to my comic books for, obviously, you know? People say, yeah, I buy my modern books. Can't can't even tell me what a modern book even is, a name. Can't even tell me what price you pay for them shits. People <laughs> always say they like this stuff, but i I, I noticed this. It's not like a review of content on your channel about this stuff you claim you
1: love. Mm.
0: <laughs> it's almost as if, like you say you like it because... Saying you don't like it means you're a you're like the Insta folks You, you actually don't yeah. like.
1: <laughs> well, if you don't like Ice Man, it's because you're a bigot. So obviously, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: Lord. <laughs> Next week, I'm gonna be spending some money on some th- three other titles. There's Flash Number One coming out, which is think Barry Allen's not around again. It's like, oh my god! No, I'm choosing on people. Barry Allen's gone again. I don't know where he's at. He's in the fucking I don't know. I like like. <laughs> Somewhere with my dad? I don't fucking know. Barry Allen's gone. Iron Man's getting married. There's two Batman yeah, issues I saw going that on. There's Brave and thing. the Bold. There's, there's Detective Comics. There's fucking... There's a Gene Grey book going. There's a book just dedicated to Storm. Hmm. What is going on here? What the fuck?
1: I don't think so. Deep, know. I,
0: God, man. <laughs> There's King Kong issues like I don't know who's buying that. Who's buying King Kong comic books? Who's buying that? I
1: shit? don't know anyone, but I'm sure somebody. I know someone I'm who sure likes that. Godzilla. Yeah.
0: Is that okay. Guy? I think so. Yeah. Looking yeah, at Godzilla's, all these, uh, might buy it? Star Wars is the same bullshit. It's only just Dark Vader comic books and Obi Wan Kenobi. It's this Obi Wan Kenobi title they're going, which kind of resembles the Obi Wan Kenobi show, and it's oh. like, what yeah. the. Fuck. That's a shame. The only thing that sells for Star Wars that I've seen is Darth Vader. Anything else fumbles and just just completely trash. And Star Wars comics have have it really bad because their continuity can't go past Return of the Jedi. You can't go anything past that because the the storyline at that moment just ends. Darth Mm -hmm. Vader isn't used in the sequel trilogy. So I think Star Wars comics have it really bad. Like, how many stories can you tell in this little span of time period? You
1: know? Not very many without really getting creatively bankrupt
0: right yeah yeah. Joe Frankenstein Action Lab Comics what the hell is all this garbage coming out good lord <laughs> my my, my wall's gonna hurt I got four titles I gotta get up next week but yeah. you know uh, this was another thing which you're talking about earlier before your internet decided to kick us out right yes yeah. uh, Dragon Ball Z and Spider-Man so let's start with Spider-Man you, you grew up with the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies actually and the comic books too apparently right
1: Yes. yeah so i i don't know i i I watched spider so when i was a really little kid i loved comic books but i didn't get to read very many because um Mm -hmm. they were not terribly cheap you know we were Mm -hmm. very very poor so whenever i um (laughs) yeah so my comic book shop was the grocery store when my parents were shopping you know and it was like all right go to the comic book i'll grab all the comic books i can and then you know sit in the cart and like read through them you know and try and get through as many comic books as i can before they check out so I didn't own a whole lot uh and at the time but um thank god for superhero cartoons and that's how I was able to kind of get a window into uh Spider-Man and the X-Men and Batman and Superman and all the all that good stuff all the classics that were out in the uh in the late 90s right so and um so going forward you know Spider-Man the movie comes out to McGuire, I'm all about that um and then I'm in um it was either like it wasn't as the comic was coming out, but I I got really into um, Spider Girl because I always thought that it was so cool that she was like one of the only characters that actually got the mantle from her father instead of just being like someone who just, okay, I'm, i'm batman now and it's like not he's not batman's son or any relation to batman it's just like okay he's batman okay he's whatever but spider girl is actually the daughter of spider-man and i thought that was really cool for so many reasons number one um because it's an actual daughter number two we get to see peter parker as a older father um someone who's more seasoned we get to see his relationship with mj and how that has changed and evolved with age and time How they parent in, a, in addition to how they're married together and then we get to see How the marvel universe has changed from how we remember it When we were watching spider-man as a superhero to see how the marvel universe has changed now with spider girl How are the avengers different? What's dr doom like? Is is this character still around Uh, and it's it was so interesting to see which characters ended up having kids and like which kids had powers and there were so many cool things about the the MC2 they called it Marvel Comics 2 So I, I just fell in love with that universe and I read just about every spider girl thing that I could get my hands on She's still to this day one of my favorite characters and it's one of my favorite comics just because of how unique that exploration of the Marvel Comics line was for me, with Spider Man,
0: I mean, we had the Tom McGwire movies. That was mm-hmm. the first movie I ever watched, was that one, that first one. And we we were getting newspapers back in the day. That's that's an old thing, having newspapers yeah. delivered to your doorstep. Then had Spider Man comic books, um, coming out for us each week. So I read the first appearance of Lizard and nice. Under Octopus and all that stuff up to Electro. So after that, there was that Marvel. This is little Marvel Encyclopedia book. It's a little thin one I had as a kid. Where Hey, the backstories on all the different villains he had at the time. Yeah. Some of like know he had a little small, thin book for just a Spider-Man. Then I went to the library one day and there's a bigger version of that. I was like, wait a minute, there's a 2099 Spider-Man. That's cool as fuck. Yeah, That's right? <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah, I've been in love with the characters since I was a kid. And yeah, looking at all this stuff to do with them now is just
1: I don't know. Oh, I don't know. It God. it feels so the thing that um I really liked, I liked Mayday because of all the reasons that I went over. I like, I actually genuinely liked 2099 because I thought it was a really clever way of saying what would, what would Mm -hmm. these superheroes be like in the future, a hundred years from now? And I thought that the way that they did that was interesting. I I also thought that it was really funny that they got, had a guy whose name, his name was Miguel O'Hara. And Mm -hmm. I thought it was funny because like, that was such an interesting um, exploration of, Two different cultures coming together with his name. um Of course, they just made him like like straight Latino in the movie, but I was like, yeah, yeah whatever. But um, but I thought I always thought those two were really interesting. And um, and then I, I don't know. Like I enjoyed the end of the Spider Verse film, and but like the more that I see all of these spider people, like it feels like it cheapens Spider Man to me because it's like huh. he's not he's not like he's not Spider Man anymore. He's not the one and only Spider Man. He is a Spider-Man and here's a Spider-Man from great Britain and here's a Spider-Man from the past. And here's a Spider-Man that fights communists, And here's a Spider-Man that was a pirate. And here's a Spider-Man that's in a wheelchair. There's a Spider-Man that's a dinosaur. And it's like this, like, I don't know. It's just like, I like that there was just Spider-Man. And yeah, I noticed that too. Like I feel like, I feel like there, there, there's,
0: there was going to be certain offsprings of him. Like obviously, you know miles scarlet spider and all those other characters like miguel i like miguel a lot yeah it's just you know when there's too many of them it's just kind of like i don't know yeah same you said just cheapens the brand of the character yeah
1: know? it reminds me of syndrome because like you said mm-hmm. when everyone's super nobody is and it's yeah. kind of like with spider-man when everybody's a web swinging the web swinging not really cool it's just everybody can web swing mm-hmm. you know it's well it's not really a cool method of transportation anymore yeah
0: now in the comic books they have venom titles coming out carnage Mm -hmm. spider gwen Miles morales Mm -hmm. uncanny spider-man the regular amazing spider-man it's a lot of spider-man stuff. it's a lot
1: of spider it's a lot of spider people carnage stuff because
0: obviously he needs something they had this thing called the death of the venomverse like what the fuck venomverse oh god kill me (laughs) fuck (laughs) oh my god Dude, like, uh, what, what what else was on there? I'm going to go down there and see what, what's the newest Spider-Man stuff that came out this week. Uh, yeah, I'm Spider-Man number 34, okay? Uncanny Spider-Man number one, okay? What else you got here? Uh, not that many this week, but there's usually Spider-Gwen, Venom, uh, Carnage, god damn. There's Spider-Man annuals <laughs> that drop. Bro, uh, there's so much stuff you like. Same, same, same with Batman. Batman has yeah. that bad too, you know? Batman, yeah. there's like Batman Beyond, there's Nightwing stuff, there's, well right now there's Detective Comics and there's Brave and the Bold and they have a new Black Label series for Batman it's, oh, so much a
1: lot of Batman yeah,
0: especially <laughs> Batman they, they definitely are the biggest cash cows for Marvel and uh, DC Yeah, right now, they're getting oh, so yeah. much stuff oh, and like Avengers gets to be there, the Avengers annual number one bro, what are we doing at? <laughs> I hate it, get me out <laughs> who wants to read a book just based around gene gray get the fuck i
1: out i of don't here. i don't know anyone i don't know anyone transformers number
0: that, one so. coming out in a few weeks uh. spider-man strange academy amazing spider-man number one someone shoot me holy <laughs> fuck this is stupid <laughs> it's a little who excessive find all that stuff
1: man who, who's the market
0: for all that stuff?
1: Don't well, we don't know who's buying it because we—they won't let us see their sales, so we actually don't know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, last thing we'll talk about for the last ten minutes here is Dragon Ball Z. So, yeah. when did you first start getting into Dragon Ball Z? Actually,
1: actually, I got into Dragon Ball late um, because mm-hmm. I had a friend who loved Dragon Ball, um, mm-hmm. and this was like maybe you know, just 10 years or so ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she actually, she was a big fan and she loved Dragon Ball and recommended it to me. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll check it. I'll check it out. And then, um, she finally like jump started me because she, mm-hmm. I don't know how she ended up with like an extra season one and two on Blu-ray. And she's like, here, take it. And so I, I started and I, I, I got into it and I watched all the way through it. I'm like, this is, this is great shit. And I watched all the way through it. And I you know, watched the, the Kai and I watched the, um, so I watched the original and then the the, uh, the one that they did that was like the abridged version um, that had uh, the extra content removed. So it was it was supposed to be closer to the original manga. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've read uh, not all the manga, but I've read a lot of the manga and I've mm-hmm. read some of the um, extra manga, like the one about like, you know, what I got reincarnated as, as Yamcha or whatever—that one was hilarious. Um, and so I've watched, you know, Super and the movies and uh, all the non-canon movies and all that stuff. So I've actually gotten into it over the last, you know, ten years or so. And I—I um, I thought it was it was interesting because so many people that I knew they grew up on it, and so I was coming at it from mm-hmm. a a more adult perspective. But, mm-hmm. but but what I liked about that is that. Like I was watching, I still, I got to watch Goku grow up and go from being, you know, a little kid to becoming a teenager, becoming a man, becoming a husband, becoming a father. And so like, I'm, I'm right in that age. um, You know, over the last couple of years, I've been going from husband to father myself. Mm. And so like, as I'm watching all this stuff happen, like I'm relating to it in a whole different way. Because like he's going through a journey that's similar to the one that I'm going through and um and it was just great and uh, getting to see all the different characters and and yeah, I mean, eh, the, a lot of the characters from the original Dragon Ball got did that did dirty and Z but you know poor poor Tian and 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 launch and everybody else. but um but it was still great and getting to see all the characters that they brought out in z and and the fights and and all the moments was just fantastic. So I'm mm-hmm. a huge fan, but I approached it much later than a lot of other people did. Did you like the movies that came up before the super movies? like the I like them. Um, I, I they always felt like they were high production big episodes more than they did movies. Because yeah. they were shorter, you know, they're they're like about an hour or so, I think, and mm-hmm. um, and they were they definitely had really slick animation. They had, uh, I would guess, I, I haven't researched it, but it looked like they had more of a uh, an animation budget than the show mm-hmm. did, um, so they got to put a lot more into it. Like you know, the um the Fusion Reborn, um, some of the animation of that is just is incredible. Like a lot mm-hmm. of the special attacks, especially that Gogeta uses, are just amazing. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of really good stuff in them. Um, so I enjoyed them for what they were. I always um part of me is always disappointed by stuff not being canon. So like yeah. I was like, "Ah, I wish it was canon." So it was that was so to go back to one of the questions that you had before my internet killed the stream. <laughs> um I liked that they they brought Gogeta into the canon. And that was really mm-hmm. cool that they they acknowledged him and brought him into the canon with uh with Broly whereas before he had just been in you know one non-canon movie appearance. So that was really neat.
0: Yeah, for me one of my favorite movies from that from those line of movies was the cooler one, the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That was really good. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah,
0: yeah, because it took place. You feel like right after the big battle with Frieza, and kind of mm-hmm. felt like it was right. It was something that could have been canon, but as you yeah. know, yeah, that's a weird thing because like you, you remember the Bardock situation. Yeah. Or like what you like Bardock? The original one is canon, but now there's a new canon one. I don't even know. How that's even possible. There's two canon Bardocks. Yeah. How does that work? <laughs> So I guess the only explanation that people gave me was you have to look at it from people's different perspectives on what happened. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's kind of I guess, I guess people do remember things differently, but I mean, Frieza accurately kind of remembered that that's an event that happened from his eyes. He he literally murdered all of them, so I'm sure you'd remember who was the guy talking shit to him, you know? (laughs) Now it's just changed to the point where he sent Goku and he was with, with his wife and he sent Goku away and he never went to go battle Frieza. It's like what? Yeah, oh uh, yeah, yeah. It make sense. Mm. <laughs> and oh, uh, the super manga, like the granola arc and the gas one. I don't know. It's it feels like it's a slog to get through sometimes because mm. it's not. It's not that it's not, but look fun to look at and really, because it's Dragon Ball and they have like those nice tension guy moments going on. It's the fact that a guy can wish himself to be the strongest in the universe and still lose. It's like there's nothing. Of logic here anymore, right.
1: you know? Yeah. It, well, it, it's. I don't know. I, I I feel like, I feel like in a lot of ways Toriyama is an amazing storyteller, mm-hmm. and I feel like in a lot of ways he leaves a lot to be desired. Um, because he, I mean, like very famously, um, when they were creating Super Saiyan three. Um, he he was like talking to his aide or his assistant, whatever he was, and he was, and they were talking about, well, what do we not, what do we name this one? And Toriyama was like, well, let's just call it Super Saiyan Two, and his assistant was like, um, Mr. Toriyama, we already have Super Saiyan Two. He's like, we do. He's like, yeah, that's what happened at the end of the Cell Arc, and he's like, oh, you know. Oh, then I guess three. So like, you know, stuff like that. It's like, how do you not remember that? But that's an old know. dude, man. At this point, yeah, he's old yeah, as hell. Yeah.
0: I think he's <laughs> just out there on Japan beaches, getting his dick sucked at the point, forgetting all his story. Like, I don't remember shit. I,
1: bruh. You know, it, do, you, the, it's, hey, do you remember it's that crazy. gag mm-hmm. in, um, in Family Guy where they um they have Stephen King and he's talking to the editor? And the editor's like, so what do you got for him? He's like, well, they get attacked by a lamp monster. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that might be Toriyama. And they're, they're like, yeah, okay, we'll just back the truck up full of money. What do you want to do? He's like, pink bubble gum, kills everybody. <laughs> and they're like, all right, fine, whatever, you know? I think um, on the, like
0: o- other characters getting introduced, like Jiren, just be- basically being a walking cheat code, you know, yeah, the, the whole... Different universes. So Dragon Ball Z kinda of went into that comic book route of different mm-hmm. universes with different versions of Super Saiyans. Ah, god, when yeah. it was just Trunks was the only feature timeline. Yeah. Now we have all these different other universes. Other Super Saiyan. <laughs> you have people like zeno who exist, who could just kind of wipe out everybody. Yeah. But you have his Grand Priest who could also do that. Oh god, we're in some we're in some fucks our yeah. turn. Who are we stronger is than weird. Goku now? Like what really the weird. hell?
1: Mm-hmm i don't know like i'm glad i'm i would probably have to be like a religious atheist in dragon ball just to keep from going crazy trying to figure out who actually is god like who what's mm-hmm. going on here like
0: Belmont, listen, Belmoth, listen Moth is weaker than Jiren. even he's a god of destruction so right. how strong are gods of destruction then are are, are we supposed to like, because i get the the idea i i initially think we're supposed to be supposed to, like these characters supposed to have like the Respect, they're they're the strong gods, but humans, if these kind of characters like Goku can be stronger than them, why does it matter if you're a god of destruction? Mm -hmm. Oh, Dragon Ball, what are you doing? It's just so confusing (laughs) what they're doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. My eyes are so glued to the screen because my eyes are feel like glued to the screen of this Dragon Ball, and it's like, I know what I'm getting. It's kind of bad, but I don't care anymore. It's people beating each other up.
1: (laughs) But that did look really cool, so. Uh-huh. Is that. Yeah.
0: like now Vegeta has Ultra Ego I'm pretty yeah. sure might not keep that name for the dub when it eventually gets dubbed these yeah. episodes coming out from the Super Manga but now Vegeta barely, like, he gets Ultra Ego he gets knocked out of it comes back into it and gets knocked out again so how strong is this form uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know he's saying meditation is bad even though he was clearly fort in the Cell Saga dude's just retarded now <laughs> <laughs> I Remember know. the Goku Black Arc? The Eagles yeah. dub? Don't shoot. This man isn't black. I know. Yes. I Goku only me. turns I... like Super Saiyan 3 like once to beat Trunks, and it's like, why is Super Saiyan 3 here randomly when he he's probably 10 times stronger than that feature Trunks is by a mar- like yeah. a pretty huge landslide, actually? I, that's what I think is the transformation they got really true Super Saiyan 3.
1: Yeah. No respect. <laughs> just no, God. just no respect. Have uh, Beerus just bitch-slap it in his first appearance. Ugh, Beerus and we, social cheat code characters, kind of animates us anymore. I don't know. I don't know, but it it all kind of it all kind of. I mean, it looks different too, right? Like, if you go back and you watch old Dragon Ball Z mm-hmm. and, and you watch it now, like, everyone's really skinny now and everyone's really uh, sleek-looking instead of being, like, all bulked up, like, you know, they're like, you know, rage monsters and everything all ripped and Pissed off and full of muscle. Now they're like, like all I feel skinny. like we don't
0: have that raw motion like we used yeah. to, like when Vegeta was crushing a spinal flash against Cell. We don't oh, have man. those yeah. kind of moments anymore, you know? Tru- like when um Trunks came out and he sliced up Frieza, like he was just paper,
1: you yeah. know? That well, final I'm- flash, you felt that, you know? Like, yeah, yeah.
0: I'm <laughs> I mean, Gohan Super Saiyan 2 for the first time. You just. I feel like the series is just lacking those core, hardcore dialogue moments and those epic yeah. moments. You know, like there's yeah. moments in Super Dialog that, that are really cool, you know, yeah. but other than that, it's like there's not really much here that I truly enjoy. Like, if you had to give, yeah. if I give it a rating, because I don't really give ratings as much anymore. I'd probably give it like a six out of 10, probably. It's,
1: it, yes, they're serviceable, but you're not like, oh my God, you know, you're yeah. it's not
0: really a moment like that. Because some people that ask, like, would you watch this as a fan that has been with Dragon Ball Z even as a kid? I was like, if you like hearing about some bullshit sure you know
1: <laughs> how much do you like Goku answer that for me and you know it's yes crazy no.
0: people talk about deconstruction of characters I feel like super kind of deconstructed Goku's character to a certain degree that I just didn't like actually yeah you know
1: yeah yeah they regressed him they deconstructed him they did they did Goku pretty pretty dirty honestly as far as yeah the only role.
0: episode where he comes out and he's really like Goku was when he, Goku Black revealed he killed Chi Chi and Goten when they yeah. thought that they were him I was like that felt like Goku. That yeah. really felt like him. Throughout the series, you don't really feel that. Unless yeah, it's, it's oh my weird God. that they, so they have
1: someone who who had the, they showed him with wisdom, mm-hmm. you know, towards the end of the run and Z. And they go from that guy and having wisdom and like the perfect example that you said earlier, where he was like, he knew that he needed to rest and it's not just train nonstop. They had that guy be such a dipshit. That he endangered the entire multiverse just because he wanted to punch people. Who is this person? Because this isn't Goku. Right. Frieza's so potentially racist in the English
0: dub when Jordan's about to attack him for he goes mastered ultra instinct. He's like, dance for me, monkey. Okay. You say that to any black person, you're just gonna get shot. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. I wouldn't try. Look. Also, you know, Dragon Ball Red, rest in peace to the Dragon Ball voice actors that passed away. I know the Bulma original voice actor passed away. Yes, yes. the Frieza one did too. We had the yes, more, like, a more raspier voice. Yeah. And now Frieza now has a more, a more of a cleaner voice. God damn. I remember, you, you remember Kevin Conroy passed away. Mm-hmm.
1: A Justin lot of voice Stanford, actors. Justin was great. for Power Ranger Velocity passed years. away. My, yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh!
0: And my favorite thing. Kazuki Takahashi mm-hmm. passed away. Yep crazy like all these big famous legends are passing away the holy quinn voice actor she's gone now mm-hmm. that's yeah so crazy so i kind of fear for the day that toriyama is going to be gone Is because that's going to hit so hard like yeah i'll be honest here, like some, some of the celebrities do hit when I, I have a true connection to it but if he ever passed away i i'd probably be sad for a couple days i'd be like damn yeah he really created something that, was... that i truly felt throughout my whole life
1: yeah uh, it was stan lee's death was pretty rough um, right yeah
0: that one was yeah. like fuck oh, yeah god now we have Whoever is in charge of Marvel ruining everything.
1: It's just kind of amazing. That was one of the things, you know, to, I'll say this for Stan and, and Steve Ditko and, and Jack Kirby, all those people who, whoever you want to give more credit to for creating all the, the pantheon mm-hmm. of characters we have in Marvel. They're um, the loss that they experienced as far as like their financial gain for creating these characters and leaving like, you know, cause Stan and, and Steve, They created Spider Man together, regardless of who did more work, but they didn't make jack shit off of it. It was all Batman
0: creator, very famous for that. Bob Kane. Yep. Right. Bob Kane got screwed by Bill Finger. Right. Yeah.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. And so so you have and now they're owned by DC, they're owned by Marvel, you know, the Lee family doesn't get squat, Ditko family doesn't get squat, you know, they they don't make anything off their hard work. So when I was like, you know, a, a kid, a teenager and everything, and I was like, Man, I want to write for Marvel. When I when the older I got and I realized what people actually did not make for creating these characters, I was like yeah, I think I just want to do my own thing. I don't really think I want to write for Marvel after all because I want to keep my my work. I want to keep my labor, you know, not just give it to to the big suits in Marvel or DC comics. Well, as we wrap this up, it was great having you on for the first time. man. can't
0: wait to thank chat you. With you when you uh, get your new book going in your campaign. Any shout outs you want to get to anyone and anything else you want to say before we head out, actually?
1: I Always want to give a shout out to anime if you're not following him on uh, on X or Twitter or whatever uh, Anime and sparkster. He is a youtuber as well. He's a great friend. He has uh, helped me out tremendously as far as creative um, Consulting work in video editing if you need video editing or script editing He is awesome and guys uh, so give him a follow he's got comic books coming out called bond of the blade and uh, spider circle uh, and and I, I really want to give him a shout out, too, because like he's one of the only people that I see that's a, a black creator that's creating black characters and mm-hmm. not just pandering and doing garbage like he wants to just make good characters. We said anime night and anime. So like anime, oh. but like anime. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. send
0: him my way if he wants to talk. I'll have him. on. I'd be
1: happy to. He's awesome. He's a great friend. He does great work. Guy?
0: Yes. Video editing is
1: what I like white people. What the heck? Well, he acts pretty white. Don't tell him I said <laughs> that, that. Unless that, he likes good it. Enough. That, that's good enough. <laughs> that's yeah, so he's perfect. great. Um, follow me on X. It's at Frost Comics right there, as you see. And it's mm-hmm. at Frost Comics on YouTube. Um, I'm going to try to get more videos coming out. I'm working on a huge one, like my last one that talked about Spider Girl and mm-hmm. uh, Gohan. But it just takes time to edit. So he's I'm going to try to get one them on out. Goku, copy.
0: probably. The deconstruction yeah. of Goku from his Dragon Ball Z point of view
1: good i'm always interested like, i'm looking for interesting ways to look at it so yeah keep your eye on that and uh, and if uh, if you're looking um for a great comic book anthology genuinely for the rest of september please mm-hmm. check out out of obscurity on Fun my comic not just for me but the books uh the, the stories in that book they look incredible so give it a look if you um if you like any kind of genre there's probably something in there for you so uh, it's a great book give it a look and check out Fun my comic in general for more great stuff for uh, independent creators Yes, sir.
0: And we'll see you guys later. Have a great night and have a great weekend. Come